Welcome to the Pre-Vet Pausecast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to the Pre-Vet Pausecast Season 4, Binging the Application. I'm Alex Avellino, and with me is my producer and strategic communications intern, Mr. Jeffrey Young. Jeffrey, are you excited to dive into academic history portion of the application. Yeah, definitely. So listeners, what we're going to do today is we're going to go over the one of the biggest sections of the application, and it's all about your grades, your transcripts. We're going to talk a little bit about standardized testing advice, and we just want you to feel more comfortable with the, essentially for a lot of schools, the foot in the door. How you get your application reviewed will be those grades and that coursework. So We'll start with academic history. Basically, we're talking about every class you've ever taken in your college career. This could be technically AP and IB courses. This could be dual enrollment. This could be courses from your AA or your AS. It could be your BS. It could be your post-bac, your post-doc, your master's courses, all the courses that you've taken in college. And every school looks at this a little bit differently. I've heard of some schools who only want to see the last 10 years of your education. So for my students who are in your 40s and 50s and you took courses in the 90s, some schools aren't going to look at that. But UF does. I know some schools have different ideas about repeating grades, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. So it's really critical that you find out from every school how they approach your academics. So the first thing you're going to do when you open up that VEMCAS application when you're looking at the academic history section is you're going to start manually entering your courses. Jeffrey, have you done this part of the application yet? Uh, yeah, I already did it for mine, and it kind of feels like a repeat of when I was doing the common apps because they also had us manually enter in all of our grades. I hear it's a long and arduous process. It definitely takes a little bit of time, but uh, they just started recently offering for you to be able to pay uh, for someone at Vimcas to enter in your transcript for you. Yeah, so if you're like, you know what, I have some extra money lying around, I really don't wanna do this, or I don't have the time, you could pay to have it done. I don't know that it's necessary, right, Jeffrey? Like, anyone can do it. I didn't pay for it. Uh, I just sat down for a little while and just went through, um, but I would definitely say to just go through it a couple times, just mm -hmm. to double check that you didn't accidentally miss mark, because right. you are gonna be sending in your transcript as well, so they can see if you lie on anything. <laughs> exactly. Or mistakenly. Yes, if you lie. make a mistake or if you, if you miss something. Um, so yeah, you have to send your transcripts into VEMCAS. And that looks a little bit different for each person too, because if you've been to multiple schools, you have to send multiple transcripts. So Jeffrey, you got your AA in high school, correct? Uh, yeah, I did the early college program. Mm -hmm. So I skipped my junior and senior year of high school and did my freshman and sophomore year of college. So you had to send two transcripts at the VEMCAS? Uh, yeah, so I had to send the one from my first university and then one from UF. And what was your first university? Uh, SPC. Okay, so when, that, when we open up your application, we're going to see an SPC transcript, we're going to see a UF transcript, and then we're going to see an electronic transcript, which will be all of the courses in order. So we'll see Jeffrey's SPC stuff first, and then all of his UF stuff. So... 
you know, students, I hear from a lot of folks like, oh, my SPC GPA is this and my UF GPA is that, but it all ends up getting combined together. So let's talk about what the actual grade situations look like that I get asked about a lot. So when students take multiple classes, so let's say you take bio one twice, UF does not average the grades together. So let's say you took bio one and got a C, and then you took bio two and got an A. On your electronic transcript that FEMCAS puts together, we will see a C, we will see an A, both courses go into your GPAs. Some schools I have heard average those two together and then you would end up showing a B in bio one. So it's important that you know each school is looking at your grades a little bit differently, which can get confusing. It can be a lot, especially for things like grade forgiveness. Some schools have grade forgiveness. So let's say you failed bio one, took it again and got an A. That school will say, okay, that, that F never existed. We're gonna count this A in your transcript. But for Florida, if the F is on your transcript anywhere, that F goes into your GPAs. So it's something that you need to check with each school how they're calculating your GPAs. Jeffrey, tell me what you've learned about GPAs that most schools are looking for on the VEMCAS application. So from what I've found, the most of them look at, or pretty much all of them look at your overall GPA, and most of them will also look at the science, and then a pretty good amount of them also look at the last 45 classes that you've taken, or last 45 credits you've taken. So I'll break those down a little bit. So overall, at least how UF defines overall, is every course you've ever taken ever all added into your GPA. Now for the schools that maybe don't look at your courses from more than 10 years ago, your overall GPA would be the last 10 years. So you want to figure that out. Um, science GPA for UF is science and math right now. So some students will have to take a bunch of pre-calc algebra trig classes for their major, and they're like, oh, that doesn't matter, I just need it for my major, but we actually ended up including that in your science GPA. So it's wise to find out what our school's counting for science. For last 45, that's from the time that you apply, you go back 45 credits. So for most students who are applying, they're applying before they've even started their senior year. So that would be all of junior year and part of sophomore year. But if you're non-traditional, it might be all of senior year and part of junior year, or it might be all of your master's. So you want to find that out. And then, Jeffrey, I know that you mentioned to me earlier, a couple schools look at some random GPAs too, right? Right. I think that you students, it's just really important that you start a nice vet school binder and that you have a little page or like a Google folder. You have a little page for each school's particular quirks. I know some schools look at a physics GPA or a chemistry GPA, so you'd want to find all of that out. Yeah, and then something that I find useful for me because I did transfer to UF is I just downloaded a GPA tracker app. That Ooh. way I could plug in my courses from SPC and UF to calculate out what my overall GPA is so I can sort of get an idea of what UF is looking at. What's the GPA, what's the app called? It's just called GPA Tracker. Wow, okay, so everyone could look up GPA Tracker. Now, Jeffrey, let me ask you this. Does your tracker have the option to not include plus and minus? Yeah. So the reason I ask that, folks, right now the way UF is calculating GPAs, we don't use plus or minus. So if you have a B plus in the class, we are gonna count it as a B. So keep that in mind that, again, it's another little quirk when it comes to GPAs. 
Okay, so while we're talking about academic history, one of the biggest topics and questions that I get from students is how to improve their GPA. So there are a lot of ways to do this. The first would obviously be to just take more classes. So sometimes students don't know if they should take new classes or repeat courses they've already taken. Um, you know, that depends on your institution. So sometimes students will get like a C in bio one and they say, I wanna retake it to get an A. The institution might say, sorry, you passed, you can't retake it. So you would have to take it after you graduate or at another institution. So yes, you could retake courses. I'm really picky about that. If you got a B in a class and you wanna retake it and get an A, I don't really think that's super impressive. I would rather you take new upper level science courses and show me you can do well there. You might choose to get a master's degree to improve your GPA. I think that if it's something you want to do, like you really want to go get a master's, you're interested in it, you want to do research, you want to have a cohort and a mentor, sure, go for it. But just know that that might not get you into vet school, so you want to make sure it's something you would do no matter what, and it can be expensive and time-consuming. So just make sure it's something you really want to do. Students will say things like, oh, should I go get a second bachelor's degree? Like that's your journey, that's totally up to you. You just wanna get out a GPA calculator or a tracker like Jeffrey mentioned, figure out how many courses you need to take, what grades do you need to get in them to get a GPA that you are comfortable with, and just remember your last 45 GPA is gonna be the easiest one to control because the more classes you take and the better you do, the more it will boost your GPA. Students sometimes ask, are there any deal breakers? when it comes to their transcripts or their grades, like, oh, if I get a C, does that mean I won't get into vet school? Or if I failed a class, does that mean I won't get into vet school? And there are no hard and fast rules there. At least for our college, we don't have anything that says, if you get two Cs or if you withdraw from two classes, you know, you're out, you're kicked out, that's not the case. So every journey and transcript is different and it just depends on what you can show we want to see improvement over time, and we also want to see consistency to know that you can handle this crazy vet school curriculum. So I said that grades are kind of your foot in the door for a lot of schools. So let's talk about what a, an admissions process kind of looks like. For a lot of schools, there are minimum recommendations for GPAs. Some schools actually have minimum requirements for GPAs. Some schools do a completely holistic application, which means that there aren't necessarily cutoffs. They're looking at the entire packet. The way UF is currently doing our process, we have a number of packets that we can handle looking at. So let's say we, we decide we can look at 75% of the packets that get turned in this year the 75% will be the top GPAs, and it's a combination of science, last 45, and overall. So it's not a GPA cutoff. It's basically, do you have the grades that pushed you into that, let's say, 75% packet um, pool? So if you're applying to a school that has a minimum requirement of a GPA, and you don't have that minimum requirement, there is no point in applying to that school because you haven't met the requirements. If it's a recommendation, go for it. You can definitely try it and see if you get in. So when it comes to what's more important, grades or your veterinary experience, grades are what get you in the eyes or get your packet in the hands of the admissions committee members for many, many schools. So technically, grades are super important. They're not more important than experience, but they're the way you get in front of their faces. 
and then they'll look at everything else. So the way Florida does it, if your grades are strong enough to get you reviewed, then you go to packet review where they look at your essays, letters of recommendation, and experience. They are also going to look at that electronic transcript and your transcripts to see how many courses you take per semester. They want to see how many credits you took. How they want to see, can you handle multiple science courses? Can you handle 15 credits a semester while juggling clubs and a job? They're looking at all of that. So just know that while grades are not the most important thing, they do get your foot in the door. They will continue to hang around as you go throughout the application process. Right now, our application is a combination of the interview score, the packet score, and your GPAs. So those GPAs do hang around. Now that's not to say we couldn't change that in the future, but that's how we have it. Every school does it differently. Like I said, pure, pure, pure holistic application. Those grades are a part of your application, but they're not the whole thing. So just keep that in mind that they are gonna hang around. Okay, now let's talk a little bit about standardized testing. Jeffrey, talk about which schools or how many schools are looking at standardized tests right now. What's the current culture look like for standardized tests? Uh, so because of the pandemic this year, uh, they actually dropped down to only eight schools requiring it because a lot of them took it off their list. Uh, and the test is the GRE. Um, some of the schools I know have other requirements that you have to take, but those are in their program specific. Yeah, so standardized testing has become a lot less popular among the vet schools, and I think a lot of students love that. A lot of students don't love standardized tests, um, but some schools are still going to require it. So I will give you some tips that I found helpful when I took the GRE. So I, I liked the Princeton Review book. This is not an ad for them, but I, that's what I did, and I really enjoyed it. One of our students from the class of 2019 was a Princeton Review ambassador, and he said the best advice for taking the GRE is just to take it as many times as you can. Practice, practice, practice. It's all about timing. It's all about understanding how the test works. So take as many practice exams as you can. When it comes to the vocabulary, I really liked the Magoosh app. It was free, and I would just get on the elliptical and go over vocab words over and over and over again. So that was super helpful. Now, some schools might not require a standardized test, but they will look at it and they might consider it. So you want to find that out. I know for Florida, we're not even going to look at the GRE, so don't you don't have to bother taking it for us. Some schools might look at the MCAT. They might look at the subject matter GRE. So you just have to find out what standardized test is required, recommended, or they won't even look at it at all. Some schools are doing some personality-based tests like the CASPER. I know we tried that this year. Uh, I think we're only going to be requiring it for folks who make it to the interview, but we'll see. So you just want to know who's requiring what, what free resources do you have available to you. There's also tutoring. There are courses that you can take. So just get a good handle on what standardized test looks like for each school that you're applying to. Well, that wraps it up for our academic history quick overview of the application. Jeffrey, you're in this process right now. What concerns do you have about your, any concerns about, or that you've heard from your friends or classmates about transcripts, grades? What are people talking about? So I think the thing me and most of my friends have been worried about is messing up <laughs> on the inputting the transcript. Uh, but I think as long as you just go through and double check it, uh, then you're pretty much fine there. 
Um, I know some of my friends, they filled it out and then they opted to pay for it as well. Oh, you pay. Just because they wanted to make sure. Sure. I'm not even taking the GRE this cycle uh, because all of the schools that I'm applying to don't require it and they also won't even look at it. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. So many students ask me, they're like, no one's requiring it, but should I just take it anyway? And my thing is, why? You know, you have to pay for it. It's more than $200. It is stressful to take. So if no school that you're applying to requires it, I do not think you need to take it. However, if you are dying to take this exam, the scores are good for five years. So you could take it and then apply to some schools that require it later. But Jeffrey, I like his strategy. There is no point in taking it if no school you're applying to requires it. So students, we hope that was helpful. Good luck logging all of your courses, getting those transcripts turned in on time. You know, the application closes in mid-September. We're gonna go ahead and recommend that you get those in by August 31st, the transcripts, so that you can make sure everything is verified by Vemcast. So get those in on time. Don't stress about the courses you've already taken. Your grades are what they are, but you can be planning on ways to improve your GPA, either through taking more classes, potentially getting a master's program, and just reapplying if that is required of you for next cycle. I'm Alex Avellino. And I'm Jeffrey Young. And we'll talk to you soon.